Jesus, it's packed. Yeah, go down the back there, so. Welcome to the Snog with Richie and Lavin. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Snog Podcast. My name is Richard Loftus. I'm Lavin. And uh, today we are coming for the first time from uh, a pub. We're actually in a snug in a pub right now. Yeah, the snug's in a snug. Uh, where are we today, Lavin? Today we are in Tully's Pub in Kinvara. And uh, what's this old momentous occasion for? This momentous occasion is for the Crinion Mod Festival, which happens every year in Kinvara. And uh, what exactly is the Crinion Mod? Give, give us a, a brief outline. Of the Crinion Mod? Uh, well, I suppose we can get into that in a bit. I think what, we should. What are you doing at the Crinion Mod this uh, year? I, I will be having uh, an exhibition this year. Uh, painting exhibition down in the secret garden on the quay and uh, the exhibition's name is the morrigan and it's uh, 14 previously unseen paintings that are upstairs in the secret garden that you can come and have a look at yeah and uh, that's launching on friday evening the 11th friday evening the 11th at 5 p.m it starts and then goes from 5 to 9 and then around 9 p.m we'll be coming back up here to this pub to tully's to play some music for the rest of the night yeah any, uh, how was the preparation going? It's actually been, as far as I've had uh, a few exhibitions in Canberra, and this has been by far the the sort of the it's gone the smoothest in the sense of I just get the paintings framed and put them up. Yeah, you know, and not to say that previous ones were difficult or hard. You know, they 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 just had different sort of ways about going about doing them. Like one was. A large one sort of out the country where it took like a month or two of prep and it was that kind of like a you know video kind of exhibition and yeah, stuff yeah, and yeah. then a few i had here in Canberra down at sheer that was like you know it was my first exhibition so it was hard for me to figure out how to how to hang paintings where to have them sit and everything and now we're kind of getting into an area where it's kind of like oh yeah do you know what this is where that goes there that goes there i need to have this this and this done and it's going to be fine yeah so yeah. yeah it's going great you're an old hand at this stage like i i'm i'm, I'm getting used to it at least yeah. yeah yeah so these are 14 paintings that you haven't seen before no one yeah i mean you've, seen, you've probably seen them on instagram but you hadn't no one's seen them in the flesh before and they're all for sale every single one of them. <laughs> most importantly exactly what uh, um, in the, the grander scheme of the thing that's on this weekend is Crinion Mod, um, and today we are joined by uh, Paul Crowley, um, chairperson of the um, the committee for the festival. How are you, Paul? I'm good, good lads. Good to be here with you. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for joining us. Um, I suppose the the best place to start is an expl explanation of uh, what Crinion Mod is. Oh right, okay. Um, <laughs> Put you on the <laughs> hot quick spot. synopsis of it. Okay, so. Um, uh, the, the Crinion of Maud, uh, Gathering of the Votes, is um, the brainchild of a man called uh, Anthony Moylan, and it dates back to 1978-79. So the history of the turf boats in, in Canvara goes back over centuries, where they draw turf from Connemara to Canvara. As you're probably well aware, in, in this side of the bay we don't have any turf and they have an abundance of it in Connemara. At the time, the infrastructure was such that it was, they could might as well have been in separate worlds. Yeah. There was no road structure to speak of, and there was no transport system. Um, they were relying on asses and carts in those days when it started. So this, this trade between Canvara and Connemara started. And um, 
the hookers, the bolts, then um, were the glue that took that stuck everything together. Uh, there were the transport, but then the building of the, the of the hookers, the sailing of the hookers, the making of the sails, all of these skills and traditions all uh, evolved out of this. And you had boats that were built here in in Kinvara, and you had families from Connemara who lived in in Kinvara. And okay. So the it it evolved into this culture, if you want. Um, Kinvara was a very vibrant port, in actual fact, um, and a lot of the stuff that was distributed around the, this area of the county and Clare, North Clare, they didn't have a road infrastructure, so most things were brought by sea. Kinvara was a very sheltered harbour, although challenging with the tides, um, yeah. it did have, a, and the pier became the kind of the front door of of Kinvara and Clare and the surrounding Galway region, and. Uh, over the years, um, the the tradition of the hookers coming in and other boats that came in um, came to a to, came to an end in the late seventies with the advent of modern heating fuels. The turf was used in this part of the world predominantly for cooking, heating, any energy source you needed. It was turf. So, where well, you had colour gas and the electrification, and then you also had road infrastructures, and then you had trucks and so on. So the last load of turf. Um, if I'm and I stand, I can I, I I stand to be corrected, but my understanding of it is that the last commercial load of turf was taken into Kinvara by a boat called the Modjin Mara, who still is here today, um, and that was in 1979. Okay, so it was still commercially yeah, yeah. operational yeah. up to 1979. Mm. Who, um, who the Modjin Mara? Who Jimmy's? Oh, it's the Jimmy's. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. great. And um, they they're a family that. Um, that are are well known in Kinvara uh, and great seamen, great family of men altogether, as are all the other families that come in with the O'Briens and all the rest. And uh, so, where 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 this led us then was to that there there was no more no more kind of interaction between Connemara and Kinvara. And the other aspect of it was that these boats were coming. To, they they know their purpose was diminishing. Yeah. And obviously they're expensive to maintain and keep. So Moylan came up with the idea that he would have one last gathering of the boats just to, you know. Okay, so it was so considered he, yeah. the last the last. Yeah, the first one was supposed to be the last one, ironically, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know if you were ever um, exposed to Anthony Moylan, but it's an, it was an experience, um, a character. Uh, he um, he went off to uh, over to Connemara and canvassed and planted his seeds and eventually uh, I, the first crinu was the, supposed to be the, the last gathering of the boats hence the crinu and the mud and uh, the boats came they raced and they brought turf and they and uh, and from there it has evolved the hooker association evolved and the the um, the appearance money helps to go towards the maintaining of the boats over the year and um, this festival has evolved from that and it's a celebration of the of the history and uh the, the all of the the cultures that were that, that grew out of this and the heritage most importantly and the boats yeah and the, the it's it's a it's a fantastic bond between um connemara and and Kinvara and clare and 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 around the surrounds of galway here you know yeah um you see a lot of the families are mixed and it's they've all it's all grown so and then as the festival evolved um 
there was things like you probably heard of the climines which is the seaweed harvesting which is another great tradition on both coastlines and um so we have climbing racing and stuff like that to set it. And, and the climbing is a, a seaweed raft? So it's a seaweed raft that evolved from them cutting the, the seaweed on the shore. And then they'd have to they have to move it to get it to somewhere they could get it to transport again. Yeah. So in the early days, the seaweed would have been used to subsidize the soil and so forth in the fields and around. And so what they did was they, they a climbing is um, a about two tons of seaweed in a and for all effect a cube which is tied with ropes and they have keel ropes and they have tire ropes you know it's it's evolved into a very specific skill yeah yeah it's an exact science kind of thing and in the old days they would um they would move they'd float them out on the high tide and they would move them down the coast by standing on them and using long sticks it's actually well, mad that you could think yeah. that you could actually do that. Oh, yeah. there, there was a table quiz here recently in Tully's, and one of the questions was what the name of that pole was that they used. Waddle. I forget what the name was. Do you remember? Waddle. That's it. It's oh, waddle. wow. Okay, that's it. Waddle. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, geez, I hope. <laughs> I hope so, too. Then you fool myself. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's what they used to do. Is they used to... Um, used to push these so they'd come to the keys, the small little keys, like you'd say, say for instance, like Crusoe Key below, yeah. right? And that was that was connected to the infrastructure, right? So they'd be able to get it up onto the shore there, load it onto carts and draw it off to the land. Uh, and that's how those climbing, and then, uh, I don't know who came up with the idea of racing climbings, but- <laughs> Probably I, Anthony himself. Probably Moylan, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, uh, they're they're extremely difficult to maneuver and and there's a fabulous technique in it. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, so you you have two men or two people. Uh, we had um, Karen Weeks and her crew last year at it, and which made it, and we we've we've it is of course the world championships. You understand? Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's um, I think this year we have uh, four, if not five, teams um, going into. To pitch battle against each other, so they, you know, you're you're standing on the seaweed, which is bound tightly, but your feet are moving down into it, so you have to keep moving your feet so that you don't get too deep into it. Yeah. And you're trying to get the pole to the bottom, and push without having getting stuck and not coming back with you. Yeah, so yeah. it's um, it's yeah, but all of that went by the wayside with modern, you know, mechanic, mechanical aids and what have you. They've got outboards and they towed them, and then they've got grab trucks and so all that all that sort of skill sets were going as well so that's part of what we're trying to do here is keep all that going and um impart those the, that bit of heritage to the younger people around so they understand the essence of what was going on and how Kinvara came to be what it is today you know yeah and, and so for the uninitiated say um when when we say a, a hooker that's the mm. traditional boat of mm. of Galway coast say yeah um describe that it, it, you call it a gaff rigged both. Is that yeah, the correct way to describe yeah. it? Yeah. So they, 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 the actual origin of them now was is is, is of a grey area, but they wouldn't be unlike a lot of vessels you would have seen um, around the coastline of, of Scandinavia and England, Wales, and Scotland. They evolved particularly because of their ability to to carry bulk, but to sail and be powerful sailing boats. So they've quite the, the board more and a big hooker will have 
that'll have quite a bit of sail area in it. Yeah. And if you, when you look at them, they've got this love, these lovely lines that come down from the gunnel out, flare out and come down around and into a fine keel, which gives them the ability to sail uh, with, with a heavy load in them and powerful sail plan. And you have, the hooker is a reference to the, there's four, there's probably four of that. So you have the ball more, you have the lab ball, which is half boat in the glow chug. And then you have the uh, Pucon. That's the smallest yeah. one. So the, the, like the Bodmore, then that's about 40 feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're over 40 foot. There's a, it's a lot of boat. Yeah. And it, what I come from a sailing background, we see all my life, but um, when you watch these these crews sailing these boats, um, and, and it's done without raising a voice or a word, or everyone knows exactly what they're doing, the, the skills they have that have, have been handed down, again, over the generations, you know? Um and it's uh, the the building of the boats is now being uh, there's a lot of renovation on old boats that are being found and um, the skill sets in, in building the boats identifying the timber to build them look um the masts the rigging all of this stuff there's a lot of people putting a lot of time into it over in Galway and in Connemara to make sure that these skills are maintained so that the fleet of boats can be maintained you know yeah and what's called um and is it, it was mainly in the Carrow region that it started off. Was that correct? The connection, or um, is that? A yeah, I mean they. So the, when you're out that side by Rossville and Carrow and um, along that coast, they were, you had you were in striking distance of the Aran Islands as well, and if you're familiar with the coast out there, I mean, it's um, there's there's just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles of coastline out there. So by sea was the obvious way of moving anything you needed to move. Yeah. Um, no, I'm probably not the best person to talk to about some of the detail of the history of what went on out there. But uh, they, there's, I've, I've heard stories of how they, that they interacted with uh, foreign vessels. <laughs> Air quotes <laughs> on the interactors, yeah. <laughs> yes, um, and the movement of large quantities of alcohol and stuff. But um, they're there's a very they're very shallow draft compared to most sailing vessels of their size. And when you say sh and shallow dra so draft, get in around the, oh, the shallows okay. that you'd have out around the uh, Connemara coast, you know. And that was very important to be able to get in on the tides into the in close, right in to all these little inlets, you know. Yeah. And amazing skills that they they had they, they to be able to do it, and then a lot of the time they were doing it in the dark. Jesus, <laughs> what you got? Um, and how many men would you or or, or women would you need to to the, to the big boats would race with about um, oh, there'd be at least six seven of them on, at minimum. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, the as you go down, then the, you'd have three or four in the lavage. You'd have you could have two or three in a in a in a glow chug, you know. So they, they, um, they, the the skill sets in it, and they, the weather changing, they change ballast, they put, they move ballast around the boats depending on the wind, wind conditions and so forth. So that, that's that's you know, it's a, it's a joy to watch these guys. It really is. I mean, they, you're down the pier here on Saturday and see these three turf boats coming in, laden down with turf, and no engines, mm. and they come in around the pier here and they glide in there absolutely effortlessly. And it's timed meticulously, and they just there's no panic, there's no hassle. They just line the shore, and the boat stops where it was supposed to stop. And, That's and gorgeous to watch. Oh no, it's unbelievable. I, 
you'll see them there over the weekend now the, the just maneuvering off the end of the pier it's uh it's fast fascinating to watch you know and the sails coming down and yeah. ah it's wonderful mm. it'll be my first queen you now actually this is gonna be first yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. We're, i'm only here since january like so mm. oh you're mm. in for a treat yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. i'm looking forward to it now. yeah so you know the, the, the it's it's a great opportunity for um for the youth in the, in the area to get involved as well and we've over the years we're trying to we're trying to evolve the festival into something that is um community obviously community based but that is easy to run yeah okay because you you we require a number of people to do a little as opposed to just a few people doing a lot of course yeah and so we have a lot of the local community groups now are involved you know everything from the scouts the ga the soccer the hockey clubs the sailing club all of these and all the other um community groups that are involved and they've all got a presence down the quay over the weekend and it's a great opportunity for them to show their wares and to, to passers-by and to the other locals and make everyone aware of what's going on in the community of course yeah. and it's, it's inclusive and we try to burn uh, bureau bringing in um, the um the ark which is fantastic this you know they've got this truck that they bring in and it's completely interactive you have with all the sea life and, and, oh, okay. and the coastal life, yeah. And there's um, a number of other kind of food demonstrations, when I say food, origin of seafood in relation to the land and so forth. So so there's a fantastic array of stuff there. And yeah. There's a lot of kids' entertainment. We've got circus groups coming. We've got two circus entertainers. We've got all sorts of kids' um, entertainment to try and make it as much of a family day as, as is yeah. possible, you know. But in the background, you've got the boats, you've got the turf, you've got the clearings, and we're the the people who are involved in all this are making themselves available, in particular to the to the younger generation, so they are aware of it, and it's now starting to pay because they're coming along and they want to get involved. Yeah. They want, and they now know what a clearing is, and they understand how it was been. They all want to race them, and they want to do this, they want to do that. You yeah. know, so. And they want to be on the boats and they want to sail so it's from you know that's it's nice that's that's probably the the most rewarding part of it for me yeah is to see the next generation taking it on you know and for your own background uh, i know yeah, you're from cork city originally and mm. um, were you always kind of interested in like uh, traditional uh, sailing and the heritage side of things um no <laughs> oh, I hadn't given it a blind thought, to be absolutely honest. But no, that's uh, I'm being a bit lahoo there. I mean, uh, sailing down in Cork, especially down in West Cork, I mean, I had a, I had a very strong connection with the, the with the commercial fishing down there. I worked on trawlers for a number of years, and my brother-in-law was a was a commercial fisherman. And um, there's I, again, that all the old timers were involved. I'm going back to the seventies. And I was always unaware of the fact, I suppose, not unaware, but I was always involved in old traditional boats. But, I, 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 you know, my father built them, I sailed them, and I worked on the decks of some of them, the older boats and strollers. But in reality, when it, what, how I got involved in with the Crinu is that when I, I met Moylan, um, I met Moylan and Joe Bosk, right? And Bosk, yeah. And Bosk, they got double hit. Um, <laughs> I was uh, <laughs> innocently sitting in Tignocton's one Saturday, yeah. having a quiet pint. A uh, pub in Galway City. Yeah. And uh, these two characters were sat up in the corner, 
and the heads in. <laughs> Whatever they were talking about earlier was was very important, you see. Yeah. And uh, both men were inclined to flail their arms around from time to time, and there was the heads thrown back. Like, what? So I, I said, "Jesus, I have to get and find out who these lads are. I have to, I have to go over and have a word, you know." So, um, so I went over and uh, picked my moment and introduced myself. Just kind of said hello and got involved, got chatting about boats. You see, once we got into boats, then we were grand. But I was completely unaware of who I was talking yeah. to. <laughs> and I, we had a grand conversation. We talked about boats and we talked about all sorts of things. And uh, I left it at that. That was that was it. And we I, we drank a pint together and exchanged pleasantries, is how I would put it. And um, not long after that, um, we were out in Spiddle mm-hmm. at the regatta. And the lifeboat... Uh, was uh, was only just after starting and we, and we think it was 96 we got the lifeboat going so yeah. it would have been 94 I met mine the first time I met him once or twice in between and he, he always had a word for me and uh, the next time I saw him I was in the lifeboat in Spiddle and I brought the crew out with me to you know to show the boat and we were trying to make everyone aware that there was a new lifeboat and in the lifeboat you're wearing dry suits and helmets and all sorts so everyone looks the same but it was absolutely boiling that day so I said lads while we're inside in the harbour we'll just we'll relax it a bit and we'll take up we'll hang off a boy here and we'll take off the dry suits and put them down on our waist and take the helmets off and we'll switch everything off you see and there was no wind none there wasn't a breath of wind in around the quay and spittle but there was breeze lying the sea breeze out about a half a mile off the pier you see and I had spotted this and I was looking at it and and there was there must have been ten or twelve hookers tied off at the end of the pier. And next day I heard this roar from across the water. It's Hi, Corky, Corky. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't remember my name, but he knew I was from Cork. <laughs> <laughs> so he was issuing instructions from the key as to how these boats should be moved out there and that I was the only man to do it and okay. all the rest, you know. But um uh, yeah, so that after that then um I got exposed to the boats and and to answer your original question, which was, have I have I been involved in traditional boats all my life? And the simple answer is that once I got involved with the with with the hookers, and when I moved to Convent, when I was in Galway, some of the time I was in Galway, I was here. I think I went to the first crew here in '92. Was for my first one, and I was just blown away by it. Yeah. But as I got more involved, and especially more involved with Convara. And you realise the relevance of the heritage, and, and you know, it's such a key part of what Kinvara is today. I think Seth and Ryan were talking the other night over a pint, and we, you know, both of us have received a fantastic welcome in, in in this part of the world, and so many other people here from all walks of life. And that's one of the things I think is striking about Kinvara is, oh, like is that you, yeah. you have these people who've come from far and wide and have found home here. Yeah, and um, and I, I I we were chatting about this, and I, I remember the first evening I spent in Canvara, and uh, every time I was asked, was I visiting, and I explained no that I'd moved here. Every man, woman, and Jack put their hand out and welcomed me, yeah. and um, I thought this was amazing. It was great, you know. And I said, and I just happened to meet a couple of nice people, but it just it's relentless. It goes on all the time. Yeah, and. Um, I've discovered in my time that I've spent here that you, to understand it, you have to you have to understand that Canvara is a port. 
more so than it is anything else and has evolved over over the centuries of support and so they were always used to welcoming people in from overseas yeah so they're 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 quite comfortable with strangers because as far as they're you know they've evolved with strangers coming and bringing good things yes and so um and obviously the trade and so on and so forth so and i think that's just translated through the whole way and they're very accepting of other people coming in you know which is very different to an experience you might have in other parts of the country you know that's very true yeah and i i think that i think that's that's part of the, that's one of the main reasons for it you know because there was other than turf coming in here i mean there was there you know there was a huge market here when the boats would bring the turf in they'd be selling wheat and grain to go back over to connemara there'd be the lady windermere would come in and boats like her would come in and just dis- discharge goods for distribution around the, the county you know and that was going on year after year decade after decade century after century and and it's just become ingrained into the um into the the, the people of Kinvara. Yeah. Uh, even someone said to me, uh, like I was introducing myself, someone, some night I was here, and I said, oh, sure, I'm just another blow. And he was like, oh, I don't like that word. It's, <laughs> it's new people. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not blowing. So there's no... Uh, mm. Do you remember who said that? Yeah. I, I couldn't tell you now. Who's out there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you, you'll find that... Um, I've had it said to me by different people in different ways, but I mean, they, they'll always find the use for you. Hmm. <laughs> oh, that's certainly the truth. <laughs> I'm from Ballinderian, just out the road here, but I mean, I was born in the States and my folks are American, but I was raised in Ballinderian, but um, I spend the vast majority of my time here in Canvara, even mm. though I still live out there. It's just, mm. it's a wonderful, wonderful place. Mm. Yeah, it's a, there's a, there's a something about it, all right? It's, it's just hard to put your finger on it, you know? Yeah. I, I'd say... Your kind of experiences of Kunyunamad probably be uh, slightly different. Vastly different. The kind of experiences that are... You'll be more involved in kind of the music side and the sessions that probably happen yeah, later at night. That's a nice way of putting it, the music side of things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Behave yourself now. No idea yeah. what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of maybe fill us in on kind of the, that side of the Kunyu. Uh, you know, what, what happens here, you know, yeah. um, what kind of entertainment. What kind of entertainment? Yeah. Like, so the, there's always going to be really great sort of trad music in the pubs, like kind of uh, basically all day it kind of mm. happens, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And which day is kind of like the, the day known best for it? It would be Sunday? So, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of, um, yeah, Sunday afternoon probably is one of the more popular ones. But so from the kind of onshore entertainment side of things, there's um, Friday evening uh, at half seven, for instance, there's um, an opening. In the, in the community centre and that'll have a couple of tunes the local musicians and then it'll have Debbie Brown who's did the artwork for the poster this year who's going to have a little word about her poster and then um, Jerry Keneally is going to say a few words which will be interesting to see just how few they are <laughs> <laughs> Jerry is a fantastic man if you ever get a chance to talk to him uh, talk to him he is a, uh, just a wealth of information about the history of Canvara and the people of Canvara and he's, he's a great talker yeah and a great storyteller and uh, so he's opening it on um, on Friday and there'll be a bit of wine and cheese and we'll have our merchandising available so that, but then there'll be music in all of the pubs on Friday evening and then you'll find that on Saturday the 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 day is spent with we have a skippers meeting out in Parkmore 
um, at, at half two. And how far um, is uh, Park Wars? Park Wars, well, by sea, it's about just over a mile, but by road, it's about... Uh, it's about nine kilometers, okay. ten kilometers. So not too far. So, um, and then the boats arrive into Kinvara at around half four, the turf boat. So you'll have the unloading of the turf and the key. On the Saturday. On Saturday afternoon, which is a great spectacle, yeah. you know. It's wonderful. And there'll be racing for the Labos out this day. They'll be around the pier as well. And then that the sea, sea adventures will all kind of wind up there's this, there's the the Green Island swim as well on Saturday afternoon, and then um, the the base. What happens then in the evening is what from the water side of things and the key side of things. Things slow down around six seven o'clock, and then people migrate up the town to the pubs and the restaurants. And yeah. the pubs, all the pubs, put on really good music, and and you, again you find musicians who want to be here for the weekend because it's. They're they're feeding off each other. They all want to play with people they haven't seen for a while and get back together and yeah. have an old session, you know. So then you'd have um, the you'd, I think the Pierhead has has Sean Slattery and then then there's others here that are playing somebody each night. There's Connell, Connellys will have music, Sexton's will have music, Tullys will have music, um, Knowles will probably have music. They probably will, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and that's Saturday night. And then Sunday morning, this, the first order of business is Mass on the Quay and the Blessing of the Boats. Okay. Um, that's at 12 o'clock on Sunday. And then the, the skippers will get together and, and get themselves organized for racing. And there'll be two fleets out racing on Sunday off the pier. And there'll be, uh, there's a lot of entertainment going on on the Quay. I mentioned the, uh, the, there's the Circus Skills crew we're going to set up. They're doing two shows. There's a puppet show. They're doing two shows. Um, and there's a magician, and an illusion, a magician, and a what do they call it? Illusionist. Illusionist. Thank you. Um, and he's going to be circulating around the place as well. And there's a soccer shoot off for the kids, for the young fellas. And there's a hurling match or, on Friday. There's evening, a hurling match on Friday evening. Yeah, it's yeah. the Anthony Moylan Memorial, and we have Ryan's. Um, exhibition, as well. exhibition opening at five, is it? That's five p.m. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. So it's going. You know, there's going to be, we're going to have a lot on our hands over the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. When you when you mentioned Anthony there, uh, he I'm guessing he was a Canberra man, was he? Oh yeah, yeah. They had Winkles here. Oh, that yeah. Winkles, Winkles pub was yeah. That was yeah. Was how many? Was his mother who? Jesus, oh, yeah. Started it. His mother started it. Yeah. 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 Um, that was an awful loss to the town. That it was, but, yeah. But he, um, I mean, like we could talk all night about Moylan, you know. And he was just one of these characters who um, he saw things where nobody else saw them. And um, uh, Ger, after he passed away, Jerry Ryan actually put together a piece for him, and he was talking to myself and Mike Brogan about him. And um, Mike said it best. He said he said that. Um, Moylan used to go around, the travel around, and he'd touch off people everywhere he went, and he'd remember what it was that they might be useful for, or you know, he'd have, he'd have it in his, yeah. And he said the touch was like being having a piece of silk connected to you. <laughs> and then when he got an idea, he'd start pulling the piece of silk, <laughs> reel you back in, <laughs> and then reel you all back in. <laughs> I mean, that was my experience. Like, yeah. I mean, you know. Um, and I, I have no regrets about it. I'm delighted. But um, 
he was a, he was a great wit. He was cranky, get the best of times, <laughs> right? He was never far from controversy, but he had that. Like I mean, he the flan of gook, the cuckoo flan. Yeah, he did that as well. Like, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and he just had this way of seeing things and bringing. It. But I mean, to me, what it, when when he explained to me what how the the, the cranium had evolved, I was just like, well, fair bloody hell to you, man. Yeah. You know, I mean, because. I don't mean to be dramatic about it, but I mean, can you imagine if we'd lost the fleet? I'm sure somebody would have intercepted yeah, somewhere yeah. along the line. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, it was the, he planted that seed. You know, he planted that seed that gave them the next step to go. You know, yeah. And um, that's that. I think that's what really struck me about the whole thing when it, when I dug into it and saw how it happened, and then talked to the lads on the boats about how they their families and how they were. And, and like you talk to Baba Bailey and these people, like, and it's their lifeblood, you know. Yeah, it's it's not like um, like blacksmithing or sort of like old dying or dead kind of things that have been re like re, remade. It's sort of it's still a living thing almost, you know, which is great to see. No, yeah, I mean, like you're maintaining boats that are a couple of hundred years old. Yeah, you know, and, and they're I mean, there's the three turf boats that are coming in here. It would be the, the, this, you know, the, the up in 150 years coming here so th- that's on Koppel on Tunney yeah and on I think Magda I, Mar- I, I don't know if the Mojin Mara is coming now I think I think she might be for a refit but if it's not it's the American I think yeah but um, uh, American Moore is it yeah oh wow so um, you know the the more correct me now I might be wrong but the Mojin Mara I think was built in Knocked the Maud here in Kinvara oh okay yeah, yeah. There was a couple of boats built up there, up behind where I'm living now. There was a hill going down into the water down behind. There was an old, there was an old church up there, um, and they used to literally roll the boats down into the. You now the man to talk to about that would be Jerry Keneally. He'd have all. The, <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, he'd have all the talk about who was there and who wasn't there. You know. Yeah. So I, I'll, I'll stay quiet and that for fear of saying something wrong. We'll get them for next year. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, you can nab them on Friday night if you love them. Yeah. We'll just leave the gear here, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, that, yeah, so it's going to be a good old weekend. Yeah, I think so. Great I'm looking crack. forward to mm. it. Well, I think that's a great place to leave it. So yeah. where can people find information about Green yeah. Mod this week? So, we've, um, like everybody else, there's a Facebook page. And on that, you'll get a, um, uh, an image of the program. And then there is a fa- an, an app on the, um, it's available on Play Store and Google, or on Play Store, Google, and uh, Apple. And it's um, Irish Festivals. And if you go into Irish Festivals and punch in Crinu, it you get a live feed that's constantly updated on any changes. Because of the nature of the, of the event, the weather and does impact some of the timings of the outdoor events obviously and, and obviously the sailing yeah but um i'd like you know we'd love people to go and look at the app because it gives you it gives you the explanation of what's going on it gives you um the availability of any of the posters and the and the various merchandising but it also uh gives you a direct link to any of the services you might need in the vicinity around the weekend everything from your local shops hairdressers nail bars Airbnbs, B&Bs, hotels, taxis, it has everything. And all of the people who support us, we have a huge amount of people who support, they're all 
in, involved and they're in there as well. Um, we will be putting out um, printed flyers with the programme of events written on them around to all the pubs and shops tomorrow. So they'll be available when people land into the village anywhere to get them. There'll be plenty of them around the place. We'll have a presence down on the quay all day. And anybody who wants to know anything that's going on, just come up to us and we'll keep them informed. Convara FM are broadcasting through the weekend and they'll be they'll have all the relevant information and be repeating it out to people on the on their I, I think it's ninety four point six FM they're on. I can't okay. remember. Um so they they'll they'll be keeping people aware as well. Yeah. So yeah. So go to Facebook or go to Irish Festivals app and look up Crinunamod. And come on down. And come on down. It should be a great time. Yeah. Weather's looking good for it. Got decent sailing weather coming. And it's difficult to actually nail it down at the moment. We've got a anticyclone coming in off the Atlantic and it's just making it a little bit difficult to predict what's gonna happen. But it's not going to be anything too horrendous. Yeah. Well you need the main thing is you'd like dry a bit of dry weather, but wind most importantly. Yeah, not too much. Of it. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're worse than the farmers. <laughs> we'd like a little, but not too much. Um, now we've you know because it does impact, and and you know the 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 Baudoris and and their families put such effort into coming down to Convara. I mean, it's yeah. the it's the furthest away from home actually that they go. You know. Okay. And um, is this about, it's about is it about forty five miles yeah, across from yeah, yeah. wherever they're sailing from? From, yeah. from say from Caharo, yeah. Caharo, yeah. Um, but no, the, a lot of the boats are in the docks in Galway because they were they were uh, coming down around from Spiddle and stuff. Um, but you know, sorry to go back to the point is they they make such an effort to come, yeah. And they're so it's so darn determined to get here, you know. And so they they try and fix the weather before they're coming over. Um, so sometimes you'll see them coming over a week before or other days you'll see them coming on the day yeah. um, so when they've made such an effort to get here you'd like the weather to be decent for them to get a good sail in and like the it's it's very competitive I mean you're you know it's a league system and yeah you know there's oh. points for the races you know and that's yeah you know this is this isn't just pretty carry on like yeah yeah it's cutthroat stuff here oh uh, yeah <laughs> um so yeah, we'd like them, and we've in the past we've had both ends of the spectrum where we've had too much wind where it wasn't safe to send them out, and we've had the other end of the spectrum. Like last Sunday, Sunday last year, there wasn't enough breeze for them to sail, and they couldn't run the race, and which is an awful letdown yeah. having made the effort to come all the way over. Of course, you know? yeah. So yeah, that's what we're looking for: a little bit of wind, yeah. not too much rain. Yeah, well, fingers crossed. That's what we're looking for. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to it. I have the Monday booked off, so I can <laughs> lash into it now. As much yeah, as well, well definitely. It's, it would only it would be very naive of people who are going to immerse themselves in the crinu to be expected to be working on Monday. <laughs> with the chest. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks very much, lads, for joining me and uh, joining us. Yeah, thank you, Paul. Thanks very much, guys. Yeah, always good to chat. Yeah, and that's it. Anyway, check out the podcast. Check out the festival, and we'll talk to you soon.